the student. And we're talking basketball again here on the Sacramento Kings Hoop Ball Podcast. I am Sam Comenti alongside the incomparable, the all-knowing Jillian Adge. Jill, happy to see you. Happy that we got to watch some basketball on Monday, some actual, well, kind of, technically. Some real Kings basketball? (laughs) There wasn't Summer League, yes. Yeah, Uh, but yes, not Summer League. Summer League is definitely not real basketball. This involved the Kings coaching staff in the Kings arena, the Kings players, it was fun. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. Um, I was watching my Raiders instead lose on Monday Night Football. So I wanted to go through pain instead of a little bit of pleasure as you were enjoying the Kings get a, a meaningless preseason win. So we're going to touch on that. Um, and what we thought about that first preseason game as we head into the second game tonight as they go to Los Angeles to play the L.A. Clippers. Um, first point that we got to get out right away that we I think both you and I want to talk about. Mitchell's impact on the defensive end. First thoughts, first impression, watching it against real NBA players. What did you think? Oh, it's exciting. And, and like I had mentioned in the show that, um, I, you know, I think our biggest question marks is just how will he do against size, right? Like, I mean, um, it's, you know, he's, he's shown that he can um, stay in front of guys. And really, I mean, Cameron Payne, who had a great season last year, was re-signed, had a great playoffs, um, a great finals, and he closed him out. Like, and then he held his own against Oliver Payton, who's a taller guard as well. Um, so yes, of course, we didn't see Chris Paul, we didn't see Booker or Crowder. Um, but again, I I'm not really worried about who's not playing. I want to see who he does against the court. Cause right. When, when they're going to be playing these games, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be, you know, where he's going to not always go against um, top guys. So just seeing him get his first, you know, minutes and um, even if it's preseason, right, of an actual um, uh, NBA uh, regular season, you know, game, um, it was exciting. And, and you can feel just even watching through the stream, you could feel the energy, right. That he brings in. Um, there were multiple plays where he's, he wasn't going to get credited for the steal, but he caused, um, you know, his guy to make a bad pass. And you had buddy Mo and TD, uh, jumping into the lanes and actually getting the steals. Right. So it's again, things that you're not necessarily going to see on the stat sheet, but he caused. So, um, and there was a great play where, uh, Mitchell and Tristan Thompson doubled. I think it was either Payne or Peyton in the corner. Um, and it very much reminded me of what happened with book night in in the summer league, but this ended up being the double team, but, uh, you could see after it happened, I think it was Fox and Barnes were on the court too. And they gave like the fist pump and Barnes ran over and gave him the high five. Like, yes, like this is what we want. And so just again, the little things, he looks more comfortable, um, offensively, um, off the, off the dribble, which he excelled at, um, in college, uh, much more than the, uh, catch and shoot. His numbers were better, um, off the dribble. And so you continue to see that, but again, this is game one, this kid's going to keep working. Um, you see his, his, you know, uh, 
how much he puts into it already. And, and the coaching staff saying that they have to like send him home because he's constantly in there um, working on things. So I was just excited to see him get his feet wet. And uh, he, he didn't look lost, which is nice. You know what I mean? For it's nice for the older rookies that they don't necessarily look as much of like a, a fish out of water. So, um, he definitely looks like someone who, um, who's going to be able to come in and make an impact. So right from day one, which is, which is all we want to see. Right. And, uh, so I was happy for him. He, he looked comfortable and, uh, yeah, yeah. Defense, defense is contagious. We've said that before. Everybody knows that you feed off it. One guy sets the tone, the rest of the people follow what Mitchell said after the game that I wanted to make reference to, because it just shows like the consummate pro that he already is. The kid is wise beyond his years. He said, because uh, offensively, he didn't have an outstanding game. I don't think that was really what he was looking to do, which is great. We don't need another scorer on this team. We need someone that is willing to do the dirty work, the grit and grind. Mitchell seems like he's up for that task already. But he said uh, after the game that, quote, you're not always going to get, or excuse me, going to hit shots. But defensively, you can always put the effort in and play hard. End quote. That is verbatim what any well-rounded, successful coach, seasoned coach, not saying player, coach, would tell his team. They would say, or her team. They would say, you're not always going to have success from the floor, but you can make yourself count, make your presence count on the court by putting in effort and playing hard. I've said that as a coach to my little kids in soccer. You know, make your presence felt in any way you can and what you can control. So, oh, 100%. I, yeah. I love that. I loved hearing that from him. That's a pro's response to one of his first after game media questions of his NBA career. That's what he says. How can you not love this guy? Well, and that's one of the the best things about players that last in the league, right? That they don't necessarily have to be excel at one thing. If they can do a bunch of little things, well, you, you stay around. And he is one where he seems to recognize what's on what's off for that night but he will make his presence felt if he's not on offensively, right? Which is okay. He will make his presence felt everywhere else during the game. And he's a playmaker. So it's not like even on the offensive side, he, you saw it where um, at the end of that buzzer beater, he he's able to drive to the basket, realize where um, Tyrese was for, for the buzzer beater there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, you're going to see some, uh, uh, some ice cold days, you know, on offense, but the fact that he can actually, yeah. How do you cover up show it right (laughs) in, in other parts of the game will be huge for the Kings because I mean, you have certain guys on this team where it's, they excel at one thing. And if that one thing's not there, there's not as, there's not much they can show you. Yeah. Um, anywhere else on the court. So, um, yeah, it's, it was really nice to see and to see how he impacted, um, you know, and, and made other guys better defensively. Like, yes. Right. right. That's what they were hoping so, for. Yeah. I know. I'm sure that's one of McNair's thought processes in taking him was these guys, even if they're not great defenders and, you know, you can't really do something about that. You can get them to be more dedicated to it, but some guys just aren't naturally great defenders. Like a buddy heel. I don't think is naturally someone that's going to be a great defender. However, a guy like Mitchell will make him want to be a better defender, make him work harder, which is impossible for really Buddy Heel because he already works so dang hard in the gym. Um, speaking of Buddy Heel and Marvin Bagley, the two people we talked about a good amount in our last podcast and who we were curious to see play in this game on Monday against the Suns, which final score, by the way, I didn't say it, but 117-106, the Kings put up a lot of points. 
held the the Suns to a pretty good amount, I would say, in the first preseason game. They didn't let them score 120 plus, which is good in this first effort. Um, but Bagley, start with him. He looked good. I, I think Marvin Bagley looked really good starting at the four. 15 points, five rebounds, six of nine from the field. He was plus two in the plus or minus, which is a, a statistical category, if I'm being honest with you, Joe. I have no idea what it means. Absolutely no concept of how it works. But we like it when it's a positive number. Did Marvin Bagley show us something that's promising? Like, can we can we really roll with what we saw from him going into this next game and the rest of the preseason? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, outside of defensively, which I, I mean, I don't expect it to be a change overnight over, over defense. Like, I mean, I saw some comments that people were like, oh, it looks like he's still bad on defense. Like, I'm not expecting it again yeah. to change game <laughs> one of, of the preseason. And so- you're going to have some ugly nights, but my thing is, can you grow from the floor where you're at now? That's all I want to see. And so, um, you know, there, there were times where he actually was staying in front of some of the guards, which I thought was better than he's done in previous seasons. So, um, again, I, it's, it's going to be a road and it might be a long road. Um, but yeah, I, that, show me some building blocks. You know what I mean? Like as, as we go along, um, I thought it was great. You had Doug Christie constantly when guys were coming out, you know, talking to him, going in their ears. I think that's only going to help, um, uh, on the, the, um, rebounding Bagley did what, um, what we, what we want to see the only bad, the, the only thing that sucks for me is that I I know they want to stretch him out but by stretching him out, it removes him from the glass too. And so there were multiple times True. where he was in the corner, um, you know, ready to catch, you know, for a three point shot. Um, and we, we miss it and he's not able to get into the glass for the rebound. So, I mean, at some point, I don't, I don't know what's going to go on there, but they're going to have to figure out, um, how they're going to really more. utilize him and to maybe use him to some of his strengths. And maybe that's just something they're doing right now to, to continue to work on that outside shot. But I also think it depends on who they match him up with. Um, because obviously Holmes is not going to be standing out in the corner, right? Um, you would have Bagley there, but yeah, that's just, there were some things where I was just like, dang, I wish there were like three or four plays in a row that we did not get any kind of offensive rebound while he was on the court. And it was always because he was standing behind the three-point line. And then a couple plays later, he was down at the basket and he was getting the pullback. So it's like, it's, it's noticeable when he's not there sure. um, compared to where he was there. So I'm curious to see how that goes forward. Um, Buddy, I, I was impressed with some of his assists that he actually had. Yeah. Same um, here. Yeah. That. He's a good that, passer. That's he's an underrated that's passer. That's something that he has gotten better with, right? Like there's, we like to say that Buddy doesn't improve in things. He's improved in his rebounding, and I thought that it's, he showed some real vision, which which I like to see. He was actually getting in some of the passing lanes, like I mentioned when he was playing with Mitchell, um, which I was interested to see how that was going to work. He actually got uh, – let me see how many steals did Buddy have. Um, he, yeah, he was jumping in lanes. I mean, it was – he was getting tips – yeah, again, it's not all going to come. It's not going to come overnight. Um, but there, he got some hands on some of the balls. 
um, you know, that, you know, tip wise. Um, so it's, again, he was moving and I just go back to, I was watching the, uh, the Knicks were playing their preseason game yesterday against, I think it was the Pacers. Yeah. And, uh, they had Tibbs talking on before the game about, you know, can they keep up their defensive numbers that we, we talked about a couple episodes ago. And he was saying that um, defense is effort and togetherness, right? Everyone do your job. You become a machine. As soon as one person breaks that machine, you, you start breaking. Right. And so it, it, he just kept saying, just keep working, just, you know, keep the communication open, just keep trying to, um, to stay on that string. You know what I mean? It it sounds so simple when you're like, Oh, stay on a string, but it literally is that. And if you watch the really good defensive teams, one guy moves, the other guys are moving. And so I was trying to watch that with the Kings. And again, we're watching streams. So it's kind of hard, but I was encouraged by some of the movement I saw from guys Buddy looked really active, at least on that end where I didn't see much, you know, standing upright, which to me was better. He was actually, you know, bent down, like constantly moving. He had his head on a swivel, like looking at things. So again, those are improvements for me. Um, but yeah, so just, just continue and then keep working on the rotations. I'm curious. We saw a lot of the, the multiple smart guard, small guard lineups. And I thought, um, the way he, the way he, uh, rotated guys in and out. They looked fresh. I know it was game one, but, um, guys actually looked like they were fresh. Uh, their legs were with them. And I thought having, you know, mixing the different guards between Fox, um, TD buddy Mitchell, like each time you bring one in with another, it forces the defense to have to change too, because they all play very different, right? Like with buddy, you're going to get him standing and shooting with Mitchell. You're going to get driving dishes plus some shooting. TD, you're going to get a little bit of both. Um, Halliburton Fox are going to be initiating. So it's not like we have all these guards and they all played the same way so they can all be defended the same way. Um, It's nice to see it mixed and match. And there is, you know, there's, it varies there on uh, what the defense has to do and they have to. um, Yeah. So I'm just curious in the next couple of games, of preseason, if he's going to keep those same rotations moving or if he's going to mix them up even more. And are we going to get the same uh, starting lineup or, or a different one? Yeah, Uh, that'll be an interesting, we don't know yet as we did before the Monday podcast, what the the starting lineup was. Uh, It's too early for that right now as recording this, but I imagine it'll be somewhat different. We might uh, see buddy back in the lineup or you might see Harkless get a start. Um, Touch on a couple more stats. The Kings did out rebound. Phoenix, which that is a trait that we expect this year with this much size and physicality down low, you should always out rebound. Well, not always, but you should rebound out rebound. Most of your opponents Kings out rebounded them 51 38. That's a plus 13 differential for those that aren't great at math. That would be me included. Took me a second to actually do that math. Um, the rotations were, were interesting to keep an eye on, uh, on defense, the defensive rotations. That's something about Luke Walton's defensive scheme and a lot of team schemes now in the NBA, they're all leaning in that direction where now you switch, you don't Everything. keep your guy yep. and help you switch as quickly as you get beat. Like it's the next guy comes up, you go to his defender. That's an underrated aspect of the defense that makes it actually to me more challenging because what, when is it, when is it the right time for me to know, okay, I've been beat. I need to go to his guy, my guy or my teammates going to take him now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a timing thing. You got to know when it, when do we switch? We go now. Okay. Now we're on different players. That's, that's a thing that's nuanced 
that takes a lot of practice um, that Luke Walton to to his defense hasn't had a, you know, an un- uninterrupted stretch to really hammer at these guys. They haven't had practice. Yeah, <laughs> I they mean, besides had- now, exactly. like at least last season, they, they implemented it right. And they weren't able to, to actually practice right. um, doing it now they can. And that goes back to, you know, what, what Tibbs was saying, you need everybody on the same page on the same string. Um, or it's not going to work. Yeah, so th- work that's, the way you want. that's things they're going to have to keep working on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost every team you're watching now is, is going that route. And whether it be because of the, the three point shooting where, because you have so many guys that fight through the screens and aren't able to get, um, above or below, and you're just expected to step out, right? Like if you're, if you're screening someone, depending on what that player is, is known for, um, you can step out or step back. So um, we, yeah, um, it's, it'll be interesting to see if practice, um, helps, you know what I mean? Like the foundation so. of that, which, which we can only hope if they, if they want a shot, it has to be, it has right. to, do you um, have anything that really stuck out to you that needs to be improved? Do you want to see improvement from in this game or what would you like to see that you didn't see in this first preseason game that you'd like to see tonight against the Clippers? Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you that pops? improve free throw shooting again. Yeah. I we were at what, too. like 78 last year. Um, and I think we were 68 or something like that. In like 19 um, free throw attempts, game, which is not yeah. enough. And so that needs to improve. And I thought it was interesting. Um, G-Man mentioned that we hired, um, oh, what was his name? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, is it Dan, Don, Dan. I'm totally I know what you're talking about because I saw you tweet about it. I should say. Oh yeah. Don, Don Vaden. Um, he was the ex head of, um, officiating for the NBA and the WNBA for years. And since he's retired from that, the wizards, the blazers, um, off the top of my head, Raptors, um, that's just off like my quick little research. I can only imagine that there's more teams that have utilized them, but the Kings, um, have hired him as a consultant. And so what they use them for is he's supposed to help them kind of recognize, uh, what kind of calls could be made, what to look for body, body type, um, how to not show necessarily show emotion to refs, you know, things like that. Um, new, new but yeah, it's just supposed too. to help your players. Yeah. Adjust to new rules. Right. Um, and, and how to the read, how to read the new rules and to utilize it to your strength. So a guy like Fox, right. Where he's constantly, um, going to the basket. I know the Blazers used it for Lillard and his free throw numbers attempts, all that kind of stuff, uh, went up. And so um, I could only imagine that they were looking for the same kind of thing with Fox uh, being as he's one of the players that gets to the rim the most in the league and how to, um, right. How to get those whistles. So any little thing can help. Um, Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. No, I, yeah. uh, That was something that G man mentioned. I hadn't heard about that until I saw your tweet. Uh, I should listen to G man more. That man's a, a legend. So, yes, that's an interesting way for the Kings to try and gain an advantage, especially going into this year um, with some of the rule changes. The biggest one, of course, being not going to be getting those calls where you get them up off their feet. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. The James Harden rule, you should just call it that, where your your BS, throwing your body in, throwing the right. ball up, 
that's not going to be called a foul anymore. It might even be called an offensive foul for trying to initiate the contact, which it, that should always been a thing, in my opinion. Um, you shouldn't reward a guy for blatantly selling some sort right. of contact. Yeah. The same, one- same way you do for charges, right? Right. Like now exactly. that they're flopping, you know, right. Yeah, that that's it's, a great it's rule. Essentially a, a, rule. a shooting flop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Um, the only other thing you said, free throws, I wrote that down. Improve on threes to 16 threes in a game is good. Uh, however, you shot 47 of them. That's a 34% clip. That's not yeah. efficient. That's not going to be your friend if you're shooting 34% from three during the season. Keep shooting yeah, and- threes. You know they will. You got to make more of them and have a better efficiency and better volume of threes. Yeah, and then I, I know we've talked about this with Buddy before. Is For the most part, I didn't really have an issue with his shot selection, but there were like two or three um, <laughs> that he took from – multiple feet outside the three-point line and really early in the shot clock and like was not close um so yeah just maybe seeing a little bit less of that Uh, but i mean i also know that you know if you're putting him as a six man i can only imagine they're giving him the green light and he's out there but still you know there were things where it wasn't I can understand if he's blatantly open, right? Like if you are so wide open, like shoot it. I, I could care less that you're early in the shot clock. Um, but those weren't the case with these shots. So again, just um, being cognizant of that. And then you mentioned rebounding. Uh, try, and win, try and win the boards again, you know, that every game, right? This game. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And, the and the Clippers are going to have some guys that didn't play, uh, play tonight and like Paul George and Morris and things like that. So yeah, th- this is going to be a good test for Davion too, with some of their uh, taller guards as well. So um, you yeah. have Kennard, you have man. Uh, I'm not sure if Reggie Jackson, is legend, play or not, Terrence but you man. have uh, Paul George. Yeah. Who they play in multiple positions. So yeah, I just see how he handles again. Um, I know the sun sat out some guys, but how they're, how he's going to handle another, you know, title contender essentially. So yeah. Thank you. Schedule yeah, he's, makers. He's getting good work at the beginning. Yeah. That's, thank you. You knew exactly what I was going to say. Thank you. Schedule makers. Yeah, it's for not going to, it's not going to get easy. any easier. So these <laughs> not so well easy. Through. yeah. Tests in the preseason. That's what you want. Throw, throw the kitchen sink at them. See what they're made of. Uh, last couple things here before we move on. Um, just giving credit where credit is due to Harrison Barnes, 18 points in only 23 yes. minutes plus 12 phenomenal. We know that Barnes can do that on a consistent basis, scoring inside, outside, passing the ball well, attacking the rim. Such an underrated, it's my keyword of, the, of this podcast, but, you know, there, there's a lot of consistency. Un- yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's these underrated um, qualities to some of these Kings players that deserve to be brought to light more. Barnes's ability to always attack and get to the rim, very valuable on this team that needs to get to the rim more, uh, get more free throws. He had a phenomenal game. Need more consistency from him, though, in that category. Bagley already gave credit to for his stat line. Halliburton, Halliburton was trying to just call him Halley and then extended it uh, at 11 points. I think four assists, four rebounds. He is the definition of just team player. That's why he's such a fan, fan favorite and team yeah. favorite. You know, everyone on that coaching staff already loves him. He does everything. He does everything well. Even if it's not blowing up the stat sheet, it's there. It, it's present. He, he does what you need him to do to win a game. So Terrific game, as we're going to expect now from Halliburton. Jerry Reynolds is expecting him to even be bigger and better this year, which is, uh, for him, if I'm Halliburton, I'm, I'm flattered that 
the uh, the man himself, Jerry Reynolds, says, I expect you to even go further this year, as he should. Sophomore year, keep going. So good stat lines all around. 117 points will do that for you. A win will do that for you. We're going to shift to a game now. Um, I'm a big game guy, as, as people learned in the last podcast. Something I think that just makes anything more fun. Um, I, I, love, I love games. And I love games that show how smart you are, Jill. This one's going to not, I guess do that as much. You don't get to, to flex all your stats and, and fun facts in this one, but you get to show how you're feeling about some of these guys going into this season. It's a game of fact and fiction, a staple of sports media, in my opinion. It's fact or fiction, true or false, yay or nay, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. It, it. It's a fun game and um, gives me kind of a, a feeling for how you're feeling, Jill, with some of these topics that we we've touched on and that are going to keep getting bigger and bigger as we head into the season. So the first one going right at it, <laughs> we've talked about him plenty. Davion Mitchell. So fact or fiction, just tell me what you think. Davion Mitchell is already the King's best defender. Hmm. In one game. <laughs> it's summer league too. summer league college reputation precedes him. Yeah. Fact or um, fiction? I mean, Kings don't have a whole lot of. I was just gonna say there's not defenders. like I'm trying to think of like other defenders, like team defensively. I think Barnes is is up there, um, just with his experience. On and, ball defender, best on ball defender. Yeah, on ball. I I think Mitchell. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know who you would put over him at this point. That's kind of my. Yeah, that's my, my thing. I mean, too. I know Halliburton showed really good defensive instincts last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he really might be at this <laughs> point when, when we're, when we're relying on our rookie to completely change, um, go down that our road. defensive mentality, uh, like it's hard to say <laughs> Yeah, I know, he might I not know. be <laughs> so true. Um, that points out the flaw in our, our faith in Mitchell's that you had to think about that. And but you're you... asking a lot of this. Kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the sucky thing. It's like, I feel bad. Like, I get it. Like, you're a lottery pick. But um, when you're, yeah, you're asking a rookie to completely change one of the worst defensive teams in, we, NBA in, in NBA history. But well, uh, I'm right down yeah. fact, though, for on ball, best on, on ball defender, Davion Mitchell is the guy for the Kings. That's a fact to you. I think it's a fact for, yeah. for me. Okay. Um, I would love if anyone disagrees, I would love for, to like hear who they, yeah. I don't know who you put ahead who, of them. what we, who we might be. Yeah. Forgetting it's Barnes, maybe Mo Harkless down low, which is a whole yeah. different beast. Tristan well, Thompson too, yeah. or Alex Len. Um, but that's but a lot of know. those guys are just good team defenders. Like they've right. been consistent, like team defenders. Yeah. Harkless, I could I could see someone say Harkless yeah. as well. And yeah. I would not necessarily disagree with him. He's also been I wouldn't in the disagree with any of those. Yeah. Been there, done that. So this one is is fun for me just because we know we're gonna see a lot of it. So and we're gonna, I guess the this question will be answered. The statement will be proven fact or fiction, probably rather quick in the season. Three guard lineups give the Kings their best chance to win in 2021. Fact or fiction. Because just because that's our current roster, because like based on our roster currently, yeah, um, probably yes. Just based on how our roster is currently made up, yes. 
Right. Uh, ben Simmons. I don't believe that's the best that. like option yeah. out there, but with our current lineup, yes. Cool. I, I agree with that as well. We're very like-minded here, at least in three or two questions here, Jill. Um, okay. Third one before we have a fun bonus one, bonus round. Buddy's best way to help the team is as the sixth man. He had 14 points and repeat it. 14 points, four rebounds, four, four rebounds fact. plus. Eight. Yeah. Okay, good. That one was easy. I thought that was an easy one too. So. But not everyone should... necessarily would probably agree. So, I no, mean, they, again. They won't. they won't. That's why it surprises me somewhat because I, and I know you think the same. I don't think it's that polarizing. He should come off the bench. That, that fits his, his style of play perfectly and allows Halliburton to start next to Fox. That gives you mm-hmm. the best start out of the gate, best chance to, you know, build lead early and then send out the, you know, the firepower in the second unit with Mitchell who can cover up some of Buddy's defensive deficiencies. Yeah. And it's not like my thing is, I think a lot of people make too much of starting non-starting. Like I care about minutes. If you're out there, like 40 minutes, regardless if you start or not, you're going to play. And to me, he's such a streaky guy that I feel like he gets hot quicker when he's coming off the bench against lesser talent, like yeah. it's good for him because you're going against less talent on the other end and you can do what you do best. It's, and then you keep getting minutes. It's not like you're only playing with bench players. Like they still mix you in there. You're still getting your minutes, but for these, like, that's what Lou Williams and Montrez hair, like those Terrence Ross for, for your, like Jamal Crawford, there's nothing examples. wrong with being a six man. Like, no, put your pride all aside. Good shooters, and they they get hot off the bat, and it just sets the tone for the rest of the game. So, um, hundred percent fact, and I hope that they keep, they keep doing that. So, so three three facts is what we're going with on those. Uh, here's here's a fun bonus one. You don't even need answers if you don't want to. It's kind of stupid, but I think it, it stuck out to me in listening to Luke Walton's press conference. Luke Walton's new hairstyle is an improvement. Fact or fiction? He looked it back. It threw me off. I, I was like, I noticed that, Luke? that. Okay. I wasn't Handsome sure fella. if I was the only one that that's hilarious. You said that. Cause I rewatched back yesterday. It wasn't as curly. Like he lost right. some of the curl up top. Um, so I, I would say go back to, um, oh. I like the curl better. Okay. Curls get the girls. Yeah. So, um, I, I do too. That, 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 is, that is really funny. You notice that we have not talked about this. No, at we did not. We did not. I didn't tell <laughs> you that was, that was a question. And I was looking at the video and First I was statement. like, is there something different with like yes. how it was back? Yeah. It, 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 it's funny. I just that, wasn't sure if it was me or not. Okay. No, no, no. I was there funny. with you. It, it's, it definitely popped to me. It was like the first two seconds. Yeah. Was like, it was hair looks different going for yep. the slick. Yeah. Back. A little bit more of the wave, you know, the curl and the wave back. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and again, here's a chance for people that listen to us. If you have ideas of questions, fact or fiction statements, things like this, fitting this narrative, please send them in to me or Jill, because we'll ask them on the show and, and you'll get to hear what we think about it. Uh, I think this was a good first go around, Jill. What do you think? Yeah. I, and I, then I, also, we'd love to hear if you guys want to send us your fact or fiction on uh, what Sam asked. Yeah, um, please. Go for it. Yeah. I, okay. uh, I kept it kind of light, but also I thought yeah. we hit some. You know, it's preseason, right? Yeah, like, we can only go you know, it's, it'll, it'll get more meaty. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it definitely, hopefully if the Kings give us some good stuff to talk about. Okay. So 
Fact or fiction done, game done. I love it, Jill. Thank you for partaking in that and answering the stupid Luke Walton question. The GM poll every year, uh, the general managers are are polled. Um, I think from writers, or I'm actually not sure who polls them. Do you know that? I don't know who. I don't um, know. Who it was on. The, it the was poll. on their website. Um, it. I'm assuming it's the NBA does it. It's it's yeah. on their. It was on their website. So okay, they're. PR or communications team probably reaches out to fun to idea. GMs because they do it every year. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah, and then um, it's, it's annual for sure. Yeah. Um. So, so let's, I, let's. I would assume it's just a league thing, and then they, yeah, they, they share. It. They give like that survey, right? And yeah, we'll we'll briefly touch on how it pertains to the Kings. What was talked about? The biggest one, uh, fastest player with the ball in their hands. Fifty nine percent of general managers said it was De'Aaron Fox. He's numero uno, number one on that list with 59%. John Morant was second. He only has 24%. So this wasn't even like a tough question for the general managers. No, yeah. Is it a tough question for you? I don't think it's that tough. I didn't think that was a surprise. No, that's not a surprise. And and going back on previous years, it's been pretty similar, so. Good for Fox getting the recognition he deserves. Yeah. Rookie of the year, uh, Jalen Green is the overwhelming, well, not overwhelming favorite, but him and Kate Cunningham, the one and two picks in the draft. They're the overwhelming favorites. Jalen Green's first, 47%. Kate Cunningham's second, 40%. I would think it's pretty safe to say one of them is going to win Rookie of the Year, especially on the teams that they are playing. But Davion Mitchell also received either a vote or some votes, so he's getting some love. Yeah, and uh, Sangoon was on there with him too. So he was uh, a fan was some, favorite. There's some of, surprising, yeah. Of a lot of Kings people before the draft. Um, rookie who will be the best in the f- next five years. Evan Mobley was first at 33%. Then Cade Cunningham again. Damian Mitchell is on that list again. 3%. I don't know how many votes that would be. Two or three votes from the 30 general managers. Still nice to be even recognized in my opinion. Most improved 2021. Do you know who was number one? You probably have the list. Okay. So I, I actually had this marked down as it. Okay, go ahead. It's all you. My first one was that I was kind of looking at the different names and kind of when they were drafted and such. So if you didn't see it, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. was was number one. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Bagley didn't wasn't even like an honorable mention. Like, and to me, like we talk about how we need a good Marvin Bagley to be, you know, a good team for a good team, right? And so um, I thought that gave kind of a good indication of. Um, how general managers feel about him at this time, right? Like people keep saying, well, how's he still on the team? Why isn't he traded? Like things like that. Well, he's got an $11 million price tag right now. Um, it's the last year on his deal and he wasn't, you know, there were multiple players from that draft class that were on this list and he wasn't. So just, I, I thought that was interesting as a, a little, he wasn't there. Um, and, and Jaron's had some of the same issues as him as he's Injuries. had a hard time staying healthy, but people still see him as, um, they still think he has that. So I thought that was interesting that you have two guys from the same draft class that have both been injured and he was a clear number one and Bagley wasn't an honorable mention. So, I mean, again, we'll, We'll see what ends up happening through the season. He could surprise a lot of people. I mean, it's it's not like we haven't seen surprisers throughout the year, right? Of course. Um, look at Randall last year where he blew everybody out of the park. 
Um, so yeah, so I thought that one was interesting. I thought um, another one was uh, the Kings weren't listed as a um, promising young core. So I'm like, can we drop the whole young core thing now? Like that's another excuse we get every year, right? Oh, they're we're just young. young and they have figured out, right? They were on there last year. They were, they were one of the top, you know, five that were on there um, as out? promising young core. They were not listed this year and they were not an honorable mention. So at some point you have to show progress for people to keep believing in your core. Doesn't mean they don't like Fox. Doesn't mean they don't like Halliburton. But again, they haven't shown anything as a team, as a unit, that they're able to, to get anywhere um, like you saw Atlanta did. Um, you saw uh, New York. Um, you saw Memphis again, right? Like who are younger. You're seeing teams younger. I think Minnesota was an honorable mention. And then I, I think... I don't know if New Orleans was in the top one or if they were honorable mention as well, but they deserve one just because of Zion. Um, and Ingram, I mean, and I that's kind of you know where people go with it, but yeah. So I did think that was interesting that they were there last year. They weren't again this year, and especially with how you know the the excuses that are given. Um, and then I thought it was interesting too that if you look at the um, question of who um, the best players are without. Um, in moving without the ball, it's pretty much all of the top shooters in the league minus Buddy. So to me, Ouch. that's something I think Buddy should still keep. Um, He's good at it. He's definitely good at it. Keep working on. But I did think it was interesting. You had your, um, it was Doug McDermott, uh, Curry, both Currys, I think, uh, Duncan Robinson. Um, so it was your kind of like usuals that uh, that you see um up there with, uh, the, you know, the better shooters in the league and he didn't have any kind of vote at all. So that was, that was another interesting one. Um, our Harrison Barnes, you know, our guy, he got a vote for the, um, player, uh, current player who That's you think be a would be a good head coach. He was listed on there. Not surprising at all. No, I did think it was funny that the number one voted, uh, surprise move was Westbrook to the Lakers. So that might've made Monty feel good because he wasn't the only one surprised that it turns out the rest of the league. Right. Did it be surprised as well? The storyline yeah. makes sense with that though. Yeah. It's like the Westbrook back to LA itself is oh. not a surprise, but yes, mm -hmm. the trade, the trade itself. But the trade itself. Yeah. We got you. No, I, I, I did think that it. was interesting that, that they all voted for that, like by a wide margin. A lot of good stuff on had, that poll. Yeah. And then you had the, uh, the assistant coach list, the, the, best yeah. assistant coaches in the league. And it was pretty funny because I think three out of the four or something like that, that, that were in the top ones were all ex Previous head coaches head coach. now assistants. So that makes sense, but it was nice to see Darvin Mike uh, Lombardi. Yeah. We saw Mike Lombardi on there and that's our new Mr. Defense. So uh, yeah, it was cool to see him on there. You know, I think he's been in the league like 20 years now. So clearly it's, clearly paying dividends right uh it's funny to see him and, and doug next, sitting yes, next to each other you. and then and standing up and yelling defense very very small uh, yeah, guy. or just an average height guy just happens to be on an nba bench yeah so makes you smaller yeah um i, I yeah, think we're, so those, that was my list of of what stood out to me very good i i think you dove into it a little bit farther than i did looking at it so that's good because i you you filled me on some stuff i didn't realize there myself um 
I'm going to save this one thing we're going to do to the next show, our Friday show in which we bring a guest on. I don't know if we want to spoil it. Do we want to share who's coming on with us on Friday, Jill? Yeah, we'll we'll have uh, Tony from uh, the King's Herald and then we might have Will, uh, but that's still to be determined. But we'll we were at least have Tony as a as a for sure coming up on on Friday show. So that'll be exciting. Joe asked me if I knew Tony and I'm sure I'll, I'll say this to him when he's on on Friday. And I was like, do you mean the guy whose Twitter bio is Bill Walton Bill in Walton. a hippie yep. shirt and sunglasses? So how could I not know who that is? Um, <laughs> love, love that profile, Tony. It always makes me laugh. Okay. So yeah, we'll save that question. I had uh, a little round table discussion. We can have it with Tony. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope everyone watches. Well, I don't know how you can watch. There's no NBA live yeah. no kings.com stream. I'll be watching on league pass. So if you want to follow along um, on my Twitter, I will have that on there. And then also um, check me out before the game on there too. Cause um, if, if there is a way to watch it, you will find it on my, on my, Beautiful. Page. we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's what, that's what Jill does for us. Thank you. That's why, that's why we follow you. Uh, yes. So go Kings. That'll be fun to dissect on Friday, how they did against the Clippers. Again, another very good Western conference team. Follow Jill on Twitter. You can get live streams. That's always a win. Follow me on Twitter. You will not get live streams. I don't, uh, I don't have league pass. <laughs> I'm poor. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys back here on Friday. And remember what Monty McNair said, guys, on his tweet. He didn't really say it. Ted Lasso said it. He, he said it through. Just believe. Everybody just take a breath and believe. We'll see you guys and back here fun. on it's Friday. It's preseason. Have fun. And it's preseason. Right? Just right. Have fun believe it. that it's preseason because it is. All right, guys. We'll check back with you on Friday. Later. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.